our LCS is Cowabunga Comics out of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, and their mail order company, Deep Discount Comics. Um, and we went there, and, and we were actually invoice number 0001. We are the we were the very first <laughs> their very first customer, um, which was kind of cool. They've been nothing short of fantastic customer service wise discounts. They were very close, if not the same or better than DCBS on a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. Over and above uh, customer service wise, always taking care of us, going the extra mile, so responsive, getting instantaneous. Uh, responses back to uh, questions about things and to the point where knowing the stuff you like and anticipating your needs and having it suggested to, that you might want to add this to your order already uh, before you even have to think about about it that's kind of cool really quality experience so we, we love working with Calabunga and Deep Discount and that's why they're in our show notes every single episode and have been for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes mm-hmm. that we leave them there because we like them. They're cool, good people. That's why they're in there. By God, they'd tell you to, if you've got a local comic book shop that you love, stay with them because every, everybody needs to support their local comic shops. But if you're looking, check them out. You can check them out in, in the show notes. There's plenty of ways to get a hold of them. Either get on their list just so you can check and see what kind of FOC and pre-order stuff they have and the discounts, and they'll send it to you um, each month, get you on that email list. And you can check out their shop because they have a great shop of exclusive Cowabunga mm-hmm. variants. Amazing stuff. Yes, they've always been there for us, and we take them for granted. So there you go. Now you, now you know. Aloha. It's Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing writers Frank Barberi and Ricky Mamon. Frank is um, Frank is a friend of the show. The last time I spoke to Frank was back in 2021 with um, R.S. Quinones to promote Astonishing Times, and that was in episode 656. Now, Frank and Ricky are here to promote their latest graphic novel, Elixir by Dark Horse Comics. This graphic novel is now available at your LCS when this um, interview is released. Um, Frank, before I start, Frank, I just want to say thank you very much for the advanced copy. It was great. And we'll talk about a little bit more about that in the interview. Ricky, welcome to the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. And Frank, welcome back to the podcast. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing well. Doing great. Thanks for having us, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, very, very excited to talk about this book because it's very new for us. We have not done much press at all, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. I, this, like I said, this is a great book. I love it. It's great. Um, Ricky, I have one question for you. It's off the cuff question. I'm sorry. Did I promote your last name correctly? Yes, you, you nailed it. Thank you very much, Ricky. All right. I'm just going to give listeners a brief history of your, uh, um, what you've guys, of the works you've guys done in the past. So Frank has worked on the following. He's worked on five ghosts, as I mentioned before, astonishing tales, and Frank has also recently wrote a short story for the Lazarus Planet, Assault on Krypton, that was titled Breakthrough. Now, that focused on Lex Luthor's bodyguard um, and chauffeur, Mercy. Frank, I got to say, I read that short story. I loved it. You know. Well, thank you. Uh, Sammy Bosma, who did the art, was so, so good, too. I it, it, Whatever you do, like, 
work with DC. Sometimes you don't know who's going to end up mm-hmm. drawing, but uh, my editor got Sammy on early and, and it was super fun. Thanks for, for checking out. It was uh, a really cool event to be a part of and not a character who I knew a ton about, but uh, mm-hmm. remembered from like the cartoon, really. I, yes. I guess that's where she was she invented in the cartoon. She might have been. I, I should know that, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, excited to see what DC does with her and, and what Josh does in his Superman run with her. So, yes. Um, no, actually, Frank, I'm sorry. I don't mean sorry. I'm going to um, actually <laughs> she was in. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I think she was introduced in John Byrne's Superman run. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, so, um... But anyway, OK, sorry, we're not going to. Mercy Graves sidebar. Ricky, if you could just show yourself out, we're going to now. <laughs> <laughs> OK, <laughs> listeners, Ricky, um, Ricky has worked on the following. He's a writer, mm-hmm. producer. He wrote for two Cartoon Network shows, Mega Man, Fully Charged and Power Plays. And he wrote um, a comic book series called Second Chances for Image Comics. Ricky, is that correct? Yeah. Now, listeners, also, too, um, I have to say this. When I did some research, I looked up Ricky's name, and I was like, oh, my God, Ricky has done these incredible things. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ricky, um, can you talk about, can you just briefly mention about um, your cousin has, um, you have a cousin who has the same first and last name. Is that correct? Yes. (laughs) And people get you, uh, your friends get you guys confused. Is, Is that correct? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, our our dads really screwed us over. Uh, they coordinated <laughs> that, and um, yeah, so we have the same name. Um, he is also living in Los Angeles and is in the Hollywood entertainment industry, but he produces YouTube shorts um, and music videos. Um, that you you know some of them, and they're they're like really funny parody stuff. Um, but yeah, and now he he claims he's impersonating me and pretending to be uh, a comic book writer. <laughs> now, listeners, then I told Ricky this beginning. So I guess so your cousin can go to the LA Comic Con, buy a table, <laughs> <laughs> get a stack of, get a stack of um, second chances and just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's working two full-time jobs now. He's doing my job for me. <laughs> All right. Um, Frank and Ricky, I'm going to ask, did I miss anything? Is there anything you guys, is there any particular work that you guys want to point out um, before we start the interview or continue? Um, I'm all good, Ricky. You got anything or? No. All right. So, Frank, I'm going to start with um, this question with you. For new listeners and, you know, for new readers, where can they find you on social media? Uh, So... My tag is Atlas Incognita. I wish it was my name, not a hard thing to spell, but that's uh, A-T-L-A-S-I-N-C-O-G-N-I-T-A on Twitter. Uh, Also, that's my website, atlasincognita.com. That's where I keep everything active. Everything's pretty much on Twitter, but I'll probably move away from that soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, So hopefully my website will get a good update as well. And what about you, Ricky? Mine's just uh, at Mamone Ricky. And that's for Twitter. That's pretty much all I use is Twitter. I don't really use much of anything else. Nice and clean. Way to make it your name. No one will be yeah. confused. <laughs> it's simple, too. You're just going, I'm just going to be on Twitter. That's it. I don't need to do Facebook, Hive, or whatever. You know, so. It's too complicated. I don't, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of social media, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I guess I'm also on Instagram at FJ Bar. Let, let me actually get back in there if you're not gonna. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be better and, and post our on Instagram, but again, I don't draw anything, so I always have to just tag all my collaborators and be like, "Yeah, but I wrote this." Yeah. <laughs> all right, so Ricky, I'm going to start off with you, and Frank, you can jump in. So, how did you guys team up for this book? Yeah, so Frank and I have been friends for. What has it been, Frank? Like seven years, eight years? <laughs> Long time. E- even Jason saying 2021, I was like, geez, that was two years ago. So that's, yeah, probably around eight-ish. Yeah, we. Pro- I think we met in like 2015, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at a talent agency, APA, and I reached out to Frank because I was just a fan of his stuff um, and brought him in, and, and he signed to APA at the time. Um and it was really cool and we just became really fast friends and ever since then um we just we've been talking about kind of collaborating on doing something because we're we're just a a fan of each other's writing mm-hmm. um and so over time we kind of we're kicking around ideas and we didn't really land on anything until maybe a couple years out um and also frank Frank's connection to Victor Santos kind of came into play too. And we all um, started forming this idea together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll let Frank take over from here because he can <laughs> probably color it a little bit better. Yeah, no, it, it was uh, Ricky, if you don't mind me saying, I we had met like years before at a con when you were just like walking around like pitching something, I think. Right. Yeah. I had like That's a little... Cool. That yeah, was the I, first time we met, but it was just for like a second. I, but I remember you because right. you were really nice. When you called me from APA, I was like, oh, gosh, I do remember because we had a, a mutual artist friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, but so I knew Ricky was a creator as well as uh, bringing me into APA at the time, which was really nice. And we would just spend a lot of time talking about like the stuff I was working on and, and became friends. I was asking what Ricky was working on because I knew he was trying to write comics as well. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was like, well, listen, uh, it was right after Violent Love had wrapped and I was actually starting to work in video games as well and very, very burned out on comics. A lot of mm-hmm. like overflow with like the Astonishing Times talk where I was like, oh, I'm looking for new things to do. I don't know if I can do it full time because I have a new job. So I was looking for co-writers and I was like, I've read your work like that you've been pitching and I know you're trying to get out. Why don't we just do a book together? Because I could probably help you get it published because sometimes getting the first thing out is so right. hard. And, and a quick aside to that, it's so far Ricky managed to do a book at Image Comics before this book came out. So I, <laughs> I wasn't really doing him the favor I thought I was. But we we had a great time starting to talk. And uh, I was really looking for something to do with Victor because we had wrapped up Violent Love and uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. And, and Victor did a ton of stuff because he's amazing and writes and draws his own work and has a huge career, but is kind enough to to want to collaborate with me. And uh, I was like, well, let's do something together. And as Ricky said, we reached out and all just kind of started talking and it was a slow process because we all didn't really have like a burning idea at first. Uh-huh. So it was more of a like a lot of exploratory phone calls and just like, oh, like what should we do between Ricky and I and, and then bouncing ideas off Victor through email and uh, seeing what he responded to. But uh, we eventually landed on this, which was really cool. And, and we really built it from the ground up as just something we wanted to be uh, in in a genre that I had not really worked much in, but had a lot of fondness for, which is, mm-hmm. uh, again, fantasy and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just really, as I said, like it grew out of like what we wanted to write, what we liked about those genres, uh, what Victor was interested in illustrating, because I'm always careful with my collaborators to try to figure out like, hey, like what what's getting you excited? What do mm-hmm. you want to yes. work with? And uh, it came together really naturally from there, just uh, a long haul because of our kind of like, not a lack of interest, but just 
us waiting to get it right kind of oh yeah yeah i understand that yes and then um sorry i'm uh, i just want to point out to our listeners um when frank and ricky are talking about victor santos victor is the artist on this book so um frank i'm going to say that's the perfect segue i'm you know i'm going to start talking let's talk about elixir now i want to read the opening of um elixir now um, the era of magic has come to an end. Technology flourishes in the modern world, but not all have moved on. The druids hold on to old magic, hoping to restore the balance and destroy technology. Rumors of an artifact known only as the elixir fuel their holy quest to reinstate magic. Now, Frank, I'm going to start off with you. What is elixir about? And Ricky, please jump in. You know, please feel free to jump in too. So, yes. Uh, so again, Elixir is a uh, urban fantasy sci-fi story that is basically about a, a young girl who's part of this group uh, known as Druids who are basically holding on to the last vestiges of magic in a world that's moved on to technology and basically overtaken all of magic with technology. And uh, this uh, girl, our main character, Mara, is uh, her mother's a pretty high-ranking uh, Druid and really behind the scenes responsible for a lot of their kind of uh big moves and and important going on and uh Laura, uh Mara's old mentor basically has gone rogue and uh she doesn't really know what to do with herself she doesn't know who to believe and basically ends up on a quest to go find him and in the process is is after the uh titular elixir which is an object that is said to be able to reinstate magic so it's it's really a coming of age story about our main character and a mirror of that with her old mentor Claude as they're both trying to figure out what to do with this object and, and kind of like what they value more magic or technology. And uh, mm -hmm. from Mara's side, it's really a lot about growing up and, and getting your own idea and not just listening to your elders as she has kind of these parental figures that represent both sides of these arguments. Yes. And, yes. and, and uh, that, that was really what compelled us, I think, to get into the story, to pass it over to you, Ricky. Like we found the genre, we found the setting, but uh, mm -hmm. in a lot of our talks, we really gravitate towards like oh we want to do a story about growing up but not the like growing up from like a like child to teen but like from mm -hmm. like a teen to adult where you really start gaining agency and thinking about how the world should really operate and realize that your parents don't really know everything yeah to piggyback off of what frank was saying i think that for whatever reason when frank and i were talking about what we wanted to do we really started i think thematically we we just were hovering around this idea of um this clash between generations yes. and these gener the generational divides and how we view things and the cultures that surround it and how the youngins are all social media driven <laughs> focused and the older people don't really understand um texting and emojis <laughs> and just you know basic shit like that um sorry if i can't curse on here no no you can't um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> podcast over thank you all right now every other word's gonna be a curse <laughs> that's fine no. express yourself ricky yeah. we all, we're all here for you um so yeah i mean we we basically we're we're talking about the, these generational divides and i think that really came through in an emotional way for the characters and and that kind of it's it's not only like an intellectual idea for for what we were trying to explore 
but it also makes it so that you know when the relationships between Mara and her mom and Mara and her mentor and them trying to understand each other and um as they go on this this crazy journey um and her like not and trying to just figure out like who can she trust and who who is her real parent in this in this situation um i think that those those emotional character moments were really exciting for us to to write um i'm gonna jump ahead a little bit on the questions because um yeah that's um that's the because that was one of the things i picked up on the story was you know um the themes about relationships you know like you guys talked about already you know uh mara's a young generation claude and her and her mom are from an older generation and it's like the past the past and the future type feel like the younger generation the older generation um and also and please feel for, free to correct me if i'm wrong but victor to me victor kind of hit kind of um also showed that through the art as well yeah. because yeah he's he's so so good at his job like we we knew like no matter what we wrote we'd be in good hands with victor <laughs> and he like really delivered beyond expectation so because just the opening panel to see claude um you know um claude in that train station i'm going to go okay this is pretty cool then and then you know there, there's that fight scene and then you see one of the trains leave the station and then there's this night oh this beautiful cityscape the architectural designs are beautiful but yet also too oh what were you going to say frank Oh, no, no, finish your thought, because it's a longer comment. <laughs> oh, no, because, but then also, too, because the console meets, correct me if I'm wrong, they meet underground. And it's kind of like, it's this old, it, it kind of looks like one of these old castle types where it's all stones and torches and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to emphasize, too, and, and again, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot about the relationship between, like, writing and art and comics, and I just want to emphasize that like we did not have like months and months. Well, we had some time because this was a book we kind of put together before really taking out. So we took our time, but mm -hmm. Victor had to do so much designing on the page and really came up with so much unique, great concepts around what we were writing and did so much of the world building visually. And just like as an artist and collaborator, he's beyond good at his job. And, and so many times you'll write stuff in a comic script, like, oh yeah, a train comes out of the side of a mm -hmm. mountain pass into a giant city. And that's all you'll get in, in maybe a little more detail, but really he just like did the work and, and did so, so much excellent uh, visual storytelling and, and world building. We're so, so lucky to have him. And for me, it's like why I always work with him. He just adds so much to the work. And uh, again, I just cannot give artistic collaborators enough credit and, and praise for the fact that every page they run into something new they have to design and just get it mm -hmm. down on the page they don't spend weeks and months uh, doing mm -hmm. kinds of design work and victor is uh again a real champ with that and i think able to really just elevate every script he works. And, and i told this to ricky when we were writing it too because there was a lot of like oh no do we are we worried about this but i'm like victor will get it like don't worry <laughs> yeah. and yeah and, uh, and again ricky had done comics before so he knows the collaboration process but i'm mm -hmm. like no no it's it's just that's why it's fun you get to see what we write and then we get it back from victor and we did not uh, and again always part for the course i don't think there was anything we had to correct him on ever we were just like nope made it better that's good like yes. carry on Ricky, do you want to comment on that about Victor's work and when you saw the pages come in? And... 
Yeah, no, I, I was, I'm, I'm just lucky to, to be like Frank invited me to do this because, um, he has such a great relationship with Victor. Um, and Victor, so Victor, they already have like, you know, they trust each other. And I think that that makes things very easy. And we all had like, you know, we're all like friends at this point. Um, so it's just cool to be in that environment while working, but also like, to add to what Frank was saying in, in praise of Victor, he's also extremely fast and reliable, which yeah. honestly is not super common in with artists in general. Um, like some, a lot of perfectionists will like end up taking more time. And uh, it's like kind of, it, it can become like a little bit like pulling teeth to get more work out of them. Mm-hmm. But Victor is the opposite of that and is just such a professional with like with every single step. Mm-hmm. um and he yeah and he's just and he juggles a lot too while he's, yeah, he's doing he's always doing other stuff he's uh, he's so busy he's yeah, such he's... a savant i'm like so like oh thank you for taking the time to work with us victor like despite having your own thing going it's yeah totally we're lucky to have him <laughs> when, and again ricky uh because uh, again we won't get a ton into co-writing but i feel like uh on astonishing times like a lot of that for me was like showing Eris like how you write and doing a lot more of just like conversations and then me scripting but here ricky scripted a ton of this book like i'd I'd say like a big part so it was really cool to for us like break the story like do an outline Mm -hmm. and then ricky you scripted and see victor draw from your script so i feel like we got like two layers of like removal from the work for me (laughs) of like oh it's awesome to see the pages coming in and uh again it's just i think speaks to victor's versatility and and i will say the one thing that at this point is uh I know kind of how he he thinks a little on the page and what he likes to draw, so I always try to try to work towards that, and I think it gives us goals. Because uh, again, not spoiling anything in the book, but like I am particularly a fan of like very montage style sequences, and towards the end, like we have yes. a lot of double page spreads with with paneling on them that Victor mm-hmm. just did such beautiful compositions for. So I'm going to just say, so listeners, you know, if you get a chance, please pick up this book. Um, the story is great, and we'll talk a little bit more. I'll get a little bit more into the story and what I like about it. But the art is amazing, you know. And yeah, and Victor toned and colored it himself too. He was a one man show on this one, and really just—I guess he does that a lot. He was on Violent Love as well. He just did a really, really tremendous style here. He used mostly blue tones with like some spot colors, like yes. some yellows and reds, and then some black and whites for flashbacks. And it's a really just very, very striking book visually. It is. It it really is. Um. Sorry, Frank, I'm going to get back to the questions. Um, when you got, when, you know, um, you know, when you guys um, talked about the story and stuff, did you guys have like some type of like a Bible or guidelines and maybe a map what the world would look like? <laughs> I, I laugh because we probably should have, but uh, <laughs> we did a lot of like, I guess you'd call it pre-production between uh, Ricky and I. Like we took a lot of notes and like really want to make sure that when we were talking about like magic in the world, like mm-hmm. that there was like some sense behind it when we were talking about, again, some of like the philosophy and some of the backstory. But I think very quickly we realized like, we're not the type of storytellers who want to like bury you in that exposition. Like we just want yes. to jump into the story and, mm-hmm. and let it come across naturally, which again is, is a little bit of a like leap of faith towards readers. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I will quote, one of my friends' fathers and and many other smart, creative people have always said, like, we want to write to our, like, smartest audience, not 
the audience we fear won't understand. So uh, I'm very glad with the reception we've had from the few people who read it, they pick it up uh, because really like we didn't want to have to like spend a bunch, like talk about this is exactly how magic works or like, mm-hmm. this is the exact yeah. timeline where like, we think it comes through. And uh, if anything, I feel like that first page with that little, like, like, star wars scroll of like mm-hmm. uh, what happened like i wrote that at the very last minute because we had a page left and i think it gives enough context but you could have read the book without it but uh, mm-hmm. again we we really did a lot of this development kind of just like in a google doc basically and then we're like well we know this stuff let's write yes, the book and, and see what comes across and uh yeah but it was fun it was a fun process to do with another person because again i I'm very much like I get excited and want to jump into the script and yes. not do a lot of that development. So having, and Ricky, you could speak to this as well, but having another person actually like almost like idiot check you a little bit and be like, does this make sense? Does this feel good? Was a, was a cool process. Yeah. I think like at first we were really excited to do something really expansive and big and kind of, we were like, it's going to be like a Brandon Sanderson Mistborn like, Lodge, well, we're gonna have like a magic system <laughs> yeah, and it's hard gonna, magic it's gonna be like yeah. yeah it's gonna be like final <laughs> fantasy and we're gonna have all these cool moves and stuff and then yeah. we like kind of did some of that work but then we were like okay we're, we're not gonna do any of this in the actual book <laughs> and uh so when we did when we went to go write the book we were just like all right we're just gonna show how this works through yes. the action and mm-hmm. that's it. And we're just going to keep, we're going to focus entirely on story and the emotions. <laughs> and because rather... you see, yeah, you see them like druids, like summon the weapons. Like we had like all yes. the logic of that. Like, where are they coming from? Why does someone so oh, have yeah. this? And, and like, it's cool stuff, but like, we're just like, listen, we have a limited amount of space. We really spend so much time. And, and again, this is why I enjoy Rick working with Ricky. And when I got to know him as a friend and, and a writer, like the stuff he values is really what I value, which is like, oh, those like, how the characters drive the story and again the emotional conflict there so we were pretty happy to lean on our own instincts and say you know what like i like fantasy writing i like like lore and world building but that's not the type of writer i necessarily am and and we found i think a happy medium so um because like you said it's you know um you guys want you you guys just jump right into the story you guys want to show and not tell because that's the thing that grabbed me into it because the first page is, you know, all I see is a train station. I see Claude, I see Mara's mother and her two bodyguards. And I'm, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it, it's just a go. It's just, and, and um, for me, I just got sucked into it. it and it just flowed naturally. It, it was natural. It was, you know, I, I, you know, I went along and I was like, this is great. Um, and, you know, and then the other thing was, um, you didn't have to, you're right, you didn't have to explain, okay, when Claude starts making his sword, you don't, you didn't have to um, put a caption, oh, this is where, you know, Claude is getting his source from, <laughs> it, it's just, no, this mm-hmm. is, it's, this is the world, it's already been explained, this is the world, <laughs> he's a druid, we know because he's making, he's making, you know, a sword out of, you know, magic, or and like I said, that was just great. It's just, um, and I just loved how it just, it just flowed, you know, it's just. I, mm-hmm. 
and, and I think that's a, also a great example of like Victor kind of like working some of that like lore and world building in because you can see like in the art the like swords almost look like they're growing like plants and that was like a big thing mm-hmm. that we pushed earlier like oh we want them to reflect like kind of the nature magic and he worked that into the design yes. of the weapons which is so great that was one of the designs he did do I, I feel like he did design like the weapons mm-hmm. he had tried a few from Mara I, I think she had like little hand axes at first or something mm-hmm. but uh but again, it's just so great to to be able to lean on an artist like that to to kind of get that stuff across in the book. And uh, again, we feel very fortunate, obviously, to have him <laughs> give us his time. So, um, I'm gonna ask. Um, there's a phrase, actually, there's a phrase in the book I want to point out. Um, and Ricky, I'm gonna start off with you. So the this phrase. Until we decay and become one is said a few times throughout the story. Ricky, I'm going to start off with you and Frank and add anything to that. So where did I, I... I honestly think Ricky wrote that. So he is a good person. To... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's I think it's, you know, we wanted to have some kind of a little bit of a religious connotation with the whole Jude society okay. and religions, you know, we they like their little chants and their prayers and um that's for the Jews. that's their their little mantra and it's because everything revolves around this idea where you know we're all we're all one and we're all united and we're all just energy but it's also ironic because mara's mom does not abide by that philosophy and she it could be a very selfish person um, without giving too much away. Um, so it, there's this weird irony to it um, that I thought was kind of, you know, I funny in a way, but also it's, it's you know, it, it fleshes out what what they are supposed to believe in. And, 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 and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and even though they're not necessarily always following that idea. And, and that is the fun of having a co-writer because that's the kind of concept like we talk about like, oh, they should definitely have something really like evocative and interesting, they say. And me being like, cool, come up with that. And then, <laughs> I think you nailed it because, again, it has like a great sound to it. It really does have that like it feels of a religion. It has deeper meaning. So good job, Ricky. That was a really good druid mantra you came up with. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about um, Frank. I want to start off with you. The um, after the title page, you guys give special thanks to a couple important women in your lives. Now, may I ask if you'd like to expand on that? Uh, yeah, for sure. And I hope this isn't a bummer. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, but again, uh, uh, my mother unfortunately passed a few years back, and uh, we were we were close, but uh very different in terms of our political ideologies and it wasn't really until like kind of the recent very i will say almost like feels like two sides really at each other in like almost like a like two sports teams fighting conflict of modern politics at least more so than i've seen in my life uh again i love my mom she was a great mom of a great woman but like we did not have (laughs) the same political ideology and for me it turned into realizing a lot of Oh, like when I was young, because again, my mom wasn't like a hardcore conservative, but more than I ever thought. And I just never noticed because I wasn't paying attention to that. And I realized a lot of the things that my parents who were both immigrants who came from poor families and worked super, super hard to 
get everything they did as I grew up in like a middle-class suburb in New Jersey, just realizing how much of their worldview that shaped. And that's a lot of what I put into this book. And, and when we, I started talking with Ricky, I remember that moment of kind of like realizing like, oh my gosh, like I don't see the world the same as you. Like, and I can still love you and and respect you. And again, you're not a bad person, but like, wow, this is a huge divide. And, and that really went a lot into the story as well of like, oh gosh, like how can you, deal with the fact that like what you thought was right from your parents isn't not that it's evil, but it's not how you see that. That's not mm -hmm. what you want to do. So again, it very fittingly uh, credit my mom with this because it is an optimistic story yet. It's not about necessarily conflict with the ones you love. There is a lot of reconciliation. And uh, again, that's where <laughs> that came from. So it was a very easy thing to, to dedicate. Yeah. And, and in terms just to my, I lost my grandma around the same time and um, that we were writing this book. So it was also a lot of it. I think naturally what ended up happening is that Frank and I put a lot of things about loss and grief in, into the story without really planning to do that. Um, so it's not it. it's there's a lot of of. Um, there's a lot more going on in terms. I don't want to ruin anything, but <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. there's, yeah, we're there's a lot about loss and how to and how how these characters cope with that that idea or have guilt surrounding that that idea. Um, Frank and Ricky, you know, just thank you very much for sharing that. Um, and the reason I asked that question. Because after I read, you know, after I read the book, I went back to, you know, I went back to the credits page just to make sure I got, you know, um, Victor's name right, you know, the artist Victor and, you know, the editors and so forth. And I saw that little, you know, the little blurb, you know, it's very small. It's like the special thanks. And when I saw, you know, you know, Ricky, who you're thanking and Frank, who you are thanking. And again, with this story, how the, you know, the relationship and it's, and I, I just thought that it was just, it, it was nice that you guys, it was a nice um, special thanks, you know, Ricky for your grandmother, Frank for your mom, because it's a relationship between a daughter and a mother. It's, it, it's you know, like that. Um, yes, that's, so I just thought it was. It well, was thank you for reading the credits page. So you're a good, a good man. I'm <laughs> making sure that everyone there. And, and I feel like that's a good segue to shout out all the people who worked on this book with us yes. as well. And uh First and foremost, we had uh, Sasha E. Head, who is a brilliant designer and, and managed to find some time to make uh, the main logo for us. Uh, mm -hmm. We had wanted to do a ton of design work on the book, but we ended up like we want to do like this was when we were still in like we're going to do a like intense lore heavy, like hard magic system. Like we want to make like magic explainer pages. We did not get to that, but we still absolutely love the logo that Sasha did. She's such a great designer and uh, again, crushing it. In, in her field so we were glad to get her into the book in that capacity and then uh our editorial team at dark horse who was uh dan shabon who brought in the book has been wonderful and our uh, assistant editors chuck and misha who mm -hmm. were again wonderful in the process of getting this all together and all the insane stuff that happens when you're working on a comic book and very patient with us and uh then lin wong the designer and uh tyler lee the digital art technician and again they uh put together a beautiful uh set of kind of like interior pages in the back uh, page of the book and again the team at dark horse doesn't work so we're really happy to have them on um frank i'm going to ask you and ricky please just chime in how did you guys team up with dark horse i mean i know astonishing times was published through dark horse but yeah 
it, it's funny a uh, dark cause we literally like a week or two ago on on march 20th that was the 10 year anniversary of five ghosts coming out at image comics which i feel like i always kind of remember as being like a big moment for me but uh my very first like published work was at Dark Horse and Dark Horse Presents and then with uh, shortly after with a book called The White Suits and an editor named Chris Warner, who is still there, who's awesome. He's a great artist as well. He drew a lot of the uh, Predator comics back in the day yes. and is just a super nice guy as well. He was one of the first editors to ever just answer a cold email from me and, and got my book into Dark Horse Presents when it was relaunching. And again, I owe so much to them for helping my career. So I've always stayed in touch because, again, uh, mm-hmm. I'm someone who has worked like all over the place and there, there's not a comic company I won't try to work for, basically. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm really glad to always be able to bring books to Dark Horse every now and then and uh, and work with them as they're great people and really just put out nice collections. And their books are distributed so, so well. They're, they're always in bookstores. Like I will always see my Dark Horse because uh, I've done... I did the white suits there with mm-hmm. Toby Cypress, which is, and Toby is incredible. I was so floored to get him so early in my career. I did a uh, character called, uh, called blackout with Chris uh, Warner. And uh, that was, we had some shorts and then also did a series. Those I did, might've just been those, mm-hmm. did I, else. but long story short, I've been, been back and forth with them a lot. And, and again, they were a good fit for this project. They work a lot with Victor as well. They had done his polar books and, uh, he does a few things so it was very much and as you said and we had just done astonishing times and dan is our uh dan shaban's our editor on that so i was like hey dan by the way we also have this book with victor he was like oh yeah no duh we'll do it here if you want <laughs> we're like of course I, w- I will say we did initially think when we were doing putting this book together that we might do it as a limited series but i'm actually very happy with how it came out as just a graphic novel as i think it's a nice like self-contained read uh, to sit down and read ricky do you want to add anything to what frank has said well, Frank Frank did all of that magical stuff and got <laughs> got the publisher. I didn't do anything, so I just got. Well, to well sit you you helped back. make the book, so that was the hard part. But uh, <laughs> again, I was happy to have that pre existing relationship with Dark Horse. Again, mm-hmm. they liked what we we did, so so really, yet again, we owe it all to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Frank and Ricky, I have to yes, I'm glad. I'm glad that um, this story is in a graphic novel format. Because again, I, I was I was going to ask, yeah, because you read it just sitting down in one piece, and I, I'm curious how it felt as just to, one book. Yeah, um, the thing I don't know for me, it it worked well because the flow, it, just the flow of the story, the momentum, it just worked, and it's just one, and and it's just one story, you know, in this graphic novel, you know, which is I thought it was great, um, and like um yeah like i said it, it just worked well um that that's what i loved about it uh yeah and frank don't don't take this the wrong way because i because i think you know <laughs> there's 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 some series there's some limited series that will work whether as you know monthly and then you collect it in a trade um you know but I, i'm gonna say but this one it this was the right format that i found i know that's a, glad to hear it because that's how we ended up doing it <laughs> even even when we were doing it as single issues the first issue was 42 pages so we're like <laughs> this is a long but like there's a lot of ground we want to cover we should maybe think about this. <laughs> i think yeah. that was pretty pretty indicative of where we ended up yeah. uh-huh um i I'm, I'm just repeating myself but like i like i said again for this story, the format worked. It was great. Yeah, it would be nice if 
there was more there were more opportunities to do graphic novels but i feel like so many times economically speaking it's much more profitable to do single issue releases and that's why you see a lot of those yes um but in this particular scenario it was actually the opposite and dark horse preferred us to do a graphic novel which was really cool and i think we were both kind of excited to do an actual just you know standalone graph ogn for for once yeah it, the funny part for me is it was just so much book to sit on like the fact that we had 130 pages before and that no one ever read feels so weird because i'm used to like yeah that out in small pieces but <laughs> soon very very soon and probably by the time everyone's listening to this it'll be out so it, it just is one of those things where all comics end up like this for me where like they feel like our own weird little project that no one's seen yes and uh then when they finally come out it's like oh yeah that's right <laughs> the world gets to see that and ricky i'm glad like you said i'm i'm glad dark horse decided made the decision let's do graphic novel i'm really glad that they did that yeah it's definitely not a common occurrence i would say yes mm -hmm. um i want to talk about um a little bit about i mean um frank <coughs> worked with vic we talked about victor a lot um for our listeners you know um um and correct me if i'm wrong but i love victor's style it, it's sort of that he's got that Frank Miller, Michael Avon Oming art style, mm -hmm. art style vibe. Is is that correct? Uh yeah. It, what's funny because like I like again I I'm not an artist, but I work a lot with artistic collaborators, and I always find like when I talk about their style, there's so many layers beneath whatever I say because <laughs> I say the very obvious stuff. So Victor. Forgive me if I reduce your art in any way, but it only meant as complimentary stuff. But uh, I had first seen it when he, because uh, he worked with Mike Avenoming on uh, Mice Templar a little bit. I think he did some issues and Mike did some issues. And I know they're friends, as he's told me mm -hmm. since that. Uh, again, I, I think he has a new book with with Mike yeah. coming out at Dark Horse soon called, uh, is it The Matriarch, I think, or something like that? Oh, or, it's oh my gosh. Yeah, it's something like that. It's okay. uh, sorry. Oh, the monarch. The monarch. Forgive me. Excuse me. The monarch. Yeah. The monarch. Yeah. So he's got a book coming out with Mike Avonoming that looks awesome as well. But uh, but I remember seeing it for the first time and definitely like almost like a lot of Bruce Tim influence, a little bit of like yes. Darwin Cook and uh, I'm trying to think of who he just said in that interview because he has like kind of deeper influences than that. But that's what always dropped uh, jumped out to me and uh. Obviously, a very big like Frank Miller influence as well with his use of like kind of spot blacks and and I think some of the ways he does figures like big, especially with yes. us. We he, he had said in another interview like when we first brought the idea of like Claude and Mara to him, he loved the idea of like the difference of their silhouettes of Mara as like a a younger like uh, woman who's like very like slim and then Claude is this big hulking brute and immediately he drew them like kind of back to back and like no that looks awesome. I think like the cover was one of the first pieces that he ever put in front of us and we're just like yeah you got it man that's perfect like uh so he just uh again is he's he's very much an artist artist as well and just uh good at everything like again i can't praise victor enough but i think his style is so underappreciated the level of of composition and in all the different together because he also really likes manga and i feel like that shows in, in his paneling and the way he can do mm -hmm. action so well and kind of mm -hmm. do creative uh creative movement on the page because the first time i worked with him was at a boom studios on a book called uh black market and 
I just have to thank my editors, Eric Carburn and Chris Roses for that. Cause they're the ones who reached out to him and got him on the book. And I loved his work, but never even thought to like put him on a book. I was like, Oh my gosh. And from there we've, uh, I've held on as tightly as I can, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, his work, his work is very unique and, and speaks for itself. And, and I'm so glad any chance we get to let people see more. Ricky, I'm going to start off with this question. Actually, it's kind of a sort of a fun question because, um, now, when Mara and Laura Lee are at Rachel's grave, there's a gang of techies that corner them. Whose idea was it to have a mutant-like character? And the mutant, I'm talking from Miller's Dark Knight Returns in this scene. I think that was just all Victor, to be honest. Um, I, I, th- do you I, think, we, I think we had said it, like because I was thinking. Did we Victor, say it? And I was said, Victor, you can make the techies look like Dark Knight Returns guys if you want. He's <laughs> like, I love this idea, and sent us back a, a sketch of them like that. And I'm like, no, no, that that's a fun, I think a fun way to to homage uh, Frank Miller and also I think play into Victor's interest. So I think it was kind of a little bit of me like giving a wink to him and him running with it. <laughs> Yeah, and I I think it was. Like, I, I, I think you had I think you had the idea, Ricky, of them just being like teched out teens, and then hack Frank Barberi was like, wait, wait, we can make them look like Frank Miller characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and I think that it just it's it's definitely just like a natural thing for for Victor to to go in that direction, and and kudos to Frank for for doing for doing that homage. It it was a good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Ricky, I'm going to ask you, so when you saw that page of that graveyard team, when you see the techies, what was your reaction when you saw, you know, the techies and you go, oh, my God, there's that mutant leader. (laughs) (laughs) Or or the mutant, actually, one of the mutants. You, I guess you probably read the email, right, Ricky? So it wasn't a total surprise. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a total surprise. Um, I, it it's really cool to play around with characters that are, like, direct it, it looks like it's from the pages of frank miller <laughs> no way yes. not to totally not like what frank said not to reduce victor's work because i think it is extremely unique and um i also wanted to add just before we move forward with this one um in terms of victor's like manga influence he also did reference other like anime stuff like satoshi khan is a big influence yeah. he's a great animator actor mm-hmm. um and i think that that also was like that made this book so exciting to do because it's like Frank and I are also huge anime nerds and and manga lovers. So I think we got to inject a lot of that, those influences as well into like what the techies look like and how they fight and like these in like these insane kinetic um, action sequences um, that like like the techies fighting. Mara and Loralee in that graveyard scene is a good example. Um, and just like playing around with with the motion that Victor is so so damn good at. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I'm gonna slowly wrap things up. Um now if you can, are there any future projects that you guys are gonna be working on that we can look forward to in the future or I'm trying to think of uh I, I will say not talking schedule we have a volume two of astonishing times that's gonna be coming soon i'm I'm really excited for that mm-hmm. i have two long-standing like creator-owned projects i've been slowly putting together i'm not ready to announce what they are where they're okay. going to be but uh very very soon i hope in 2023 we'll at least start talking about them and uh 
yeah, that that's all I got for now. I, I was about to say this book because we've been waiting to put this book out in so long. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm sure I'll rope Victor into another problem. Uh, another oh, problem. Another, another book. <laughs> yeah, I meant to say there's a slip of the mind. Another problem for him. Yeah, same yeah, same thing. Ricky, what do you got going on? Comics <laughs> equals problems. <laughs> that's the big takeaway. <laughs> um, I have some a few things that it's still pretty early. I have a book at Aftershock that is in limbo because they went bankrupt. Oh. So that's <laughs> always fun. Um, hopefully that won't be the case for that much longer, but what, do that was help. that ever announced Ricky or is that just, no, it wasn't announced, but we do have a finished issue of it. So it would be nice to, to get that actually moving forward. Um, I have another image book that's very early stages and it's actually at Chris Riles imprint, which is cool. Um, but that one is not officially announced yet. And so we're not really talking about it. Um, even though my artist is already posting shit about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, as, as one does. Um, and yeah, I think that's, yeah, everything else is kind of like, too early to talk about for me i would say but i got stuff in the works oh okay well thank you all right the last question about the elixir about elixir what was the cool thing or things that you guys love working on this book ricky i'll let you go first so uh, before i give my (laughs) long ass answer about loving comics (laughs) my really to the point answer would be that first of all it's i think comics is all about collaboration i I think i'm probably stealing what frank is about to say (laughs) but uh i just love being able to collaborate with frank and victor and and make some really cool shit build a whole world from scratch tell a unique story and you know it's it was just like a really this was a really fun book to write um Mm -hmm. and i felt i felt like we didn't have there, there was no like outside pressure. We got to do exactly the book that we wanted mm-hmm. the way we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And that freedom and uh, is just, it's really fun and fulfilling. You can go yeah. now, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Second paragraph. Again, no, <laughs> no, just, I, I love making comics. And again, I, I think I mentioned it a lot in our session times talk. I, I work, in video games as my full-time job during the day, but I will never stop doing comics because like Ricky said, I love the collaboration. I love, again, I've really grown to love co-writing stuff as a lot of the fun of that is just talking through your ideas with another person and, and very much almost like writer's room type approaches where you're breaking the story together to the point where it doesn't matter who scripts the page. You're coming up with the ideas together because especially in a comic and a collaborator like Victor's going to come forward and just elevate it. And, uh, yeah, nothing is better to me than the surprise of seeing comic pages come in when you've turned a script to an art. So that will keep me in it for a long time, and it's always fun. Oh, that's so cool! All right, freaking- I, I will. I will say on on the last note too. I did letter this book as well. I yes. lettered a bunch of my work. I hate doing it because it's a ton of work, and I'm <laughs> not a great letterer, despite having done it. As I've worked with a lot of amazing letters who are much better than me, but. I do weirdly enjoy it at the end of the process. Like while doing the work, I'm just like, why did I agree to do this? But it, it's really <laughs> nice to get like, to get my hands almost on the art and be part of that and, and really just look at all our dialogue as we're going through and be like, yeah, this fits. And and every time I end up cutting some out as we go, mm-hmm. uh, because especially with Victor, because he ends up doing so much on the page. But uh, 
it was it was surprisingly cathartic to do it again after having not done it for a while gosh probably since violent love i think that was the last thing i lettered so back at it again yeah i normally, don't, I, I, I normally <laughs> don't credit myself by the way too but of course credit and he has lettering the book so i'm like oh well i'll take it yeah i mean yeah. Yeah. i mean that no lettering frank lettering the book saved us a ton of money that we really <laughs> needed to save so uh special shout out to frank barbieri <laughs> for for being bring a it, bringing my bringing my secret talent out resubscribing <laughs> to uh resubscribing to adobe products to get this book letter <laughs> oh, all right so fun question actually i'm going to ricky i'm going to ask you this question because i already asked frank about this question the last time i interviewed him have you and your family been to hawaii um I have been there a couple of years ago to Kauai for a short while, um, oh, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't long enough. I, I want to <laughs> go back. Mm -hmm. It was amazing though. I, it was, we, we loved it so much. It was, uh, it was amazing. We, we surfed, we did, um, yeah, we just, we were in nature a lot of the times and oh, it yeah. was, it was just the best experience it was, it was amazing mm -hmm. because yeah ricky um norm yeah usually the outer islands like Kauai, maui the big island um you know you won't see like urban cities like if you come to oahu you're gonna see buildings left and right where you i mean it's still beautiful mm -hmm. left and right whereas you go Kauai or maui you can drive along and you just be seeing mountains yes green so it's yes when I you know um, that's why I, whenever people ask me it's like it's best to just go to the outer island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. one, where one day, what, Jason, where are I'll you get, from? I'll get there. Well, I am Frank. You say one day you you'll get here. One, one day. One, one day I'll get to Hawaii and I'll consult with you. But uh, but but <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm hoping. Hopefully, well, let's put it this way. Hopefully, if there's any convention organizers listening to this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Frank and Ricky are available to come down. Yeah. I think uh, everyone will be. <laughs> um, Ricky, I um I live on Oahu, the main island. Oh, okay. Very cool. Oh, thank you. All right. Frank, I'm gonna start off this question. I'm gonna I got a couple more questions. So Frank, I'm gonna start off with you. Um in either late April or May, do you have do you guys actually do you guys have any book signings? you guys have set up or convention appearances not yet i mean i'm hoping to get to new york comic-con this year to be tabling uh, i was supposed to go last year but i had to cancel at the last minute due to just a bunch of personal drama but uh hopefully we'll be back there in october ish uh as that is unabashedly my favorite show and, and hopefully we'll be doing some signings for astonishing times finally and maybe something for elixir we'll figure it out i I keep forgetting because honestly, I've been in pretty hard lockdown for the last few years, but mm -hmm. looking forward to getting out there and actually doing some events this year. Ricky, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to make this a funny, I have to preface this. I'm just joking, Ricky. So will you be going <laughs> to New York Comic Con with Frank or is it going to be your cousin? Yeah. <laughs> um, it'll be my cousin. <laughs> Whoever's Whoever comes, I'll treat them with respect. It'll be <laughs> I didn't tell Frank this, but he actually wrote the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Special shout out to cousin Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Ramon, Ricky Ramon Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for having us, Jason. This was a lot of fun. 
No, of no. course, yeah. It's so happy to be back, Jason. Thank you for not being too sick of me the first time. To no. <laughs> no. Um, last question. Um, I'm gonna. I'll. I'll. This last question I'm gonna direct it to you, Frank, and then I'll have Ricky answer. Any closing words to our listeners? And thank you for your interest in comics. Thank you for interest in listening to creators speak, and and I hope you guys enjoy Elixir. It's been. A real passion project and and as i think you've heard me and ricky say we really pull out care and even if you hate everything we came up with i think it's worth it alone for victor's incredible art so you'll find something to like definitely and especially for fans of frank and victor's other stuff and i know there's many who who love violent love and um i think that it it'll be uh coming home again for for that creative team i'm just here as a side person <laughs> we're just trying to actually dip into the ricky mamone fan base that's what we're <laughs> all, along, so. all five people <laughs> oh, my mom <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> all right so frank and ricky i wish you guys all the success with elixir and mahalo you know just thank you guys thank you very much for your time thank frank thank you for giving me another opportunity to interview you Anytime. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks, Jason. Oh, no problem. And um, to listeners, if you are a lifelong comic book reader or a new comic book reader, please check out Elixir from Dark Horse Comics. It's in um, when this interview is released, it's going to be out in stores right now. Um, If your LCS does not have a copy for their store, ask them to order one, please. Um, As you heard me throughout the interview i love this story um it just to me it just, i just got pulled into the first page you know it's you know it just flowed very smoothly um i you know i love the characters of mara i love claude he, he was perfect um and the amazing art by victor santos you know victor's art pulled me into this world it's it's amazing his artwork is amazing the characters of Mara and Claude are are very to me. I loved it. They're I like these characters. I want to thank Drew, the coast of comics for fun and profit, for putting this episode together. Drew, thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes. And if you are a new listener, please check out new episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. Thank you, everyone. The good folks at Comics for Fun and Profit have been doing two episodes a week um, for quite some time now, and it's all thanks to, first of all, Jason, and second of all, our patrons, who allow us to add the space on our server, broadcast more, store more, share more with you listeners. I'm envious of those of you who have unlimited storage and media server capabilities, we, we pay for ours here at, at the C4FAP. It ain't cheap. We thank you so much for those of you who go to patreon.com slash comicsfunprofit and contribute at any level to say thanks, to say I want to be a part of your Slack channel conversations. I want to get exclusives. I want to get early access. I want to get ad-free access. I want to get swag. I want to get some free stuff. Whatever your reasoning is, we appreciate it at any level because it does make a difference. So from the bottom of Kyle and I and Jason's heart, 
Thank you for contributing.